Good morning. Welcome to our recording, and our hope for each one listening is 2021 will be a new year for you in every way, that you will be healthy physically and spiritually, that access to in-person assemblies will be a reality for so many who have been hindered for so long, that Christians will find renewed energy and resolve to help each other, to spread the gospel, to increase in our knowledge of and our appreciation for the grace of God in Jesus Christ and live that out in daily application every day. So this is a new year, and as the new year opens here at Laurel Heights, we set up specific goals we intend to bring up throughout the year in sermons and classes. And this year, for 2021, we have found these to be suitable for our present situation. From Paul's letter to the Philippians, listen to these statements written by Paul. In chapter 1 and verse 9 of Philippians, he speaks of love that abounds more and more with knowledge and all discernment. In Philippians 2 and verse 14, he says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing. In chapter 3 and verse 13, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. In chapter 4 and verse 9, Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. This morning and again at the 5 p.m., I want to introduce these goals for members at Laurel Heights and for anyone tuning in to these broadcasts wherever you may be geographically. First, please consider the setting, the historical condition about Paul and the Christians in Philippi at the time that this was written and sent. Paul took the gospel to Macedonia and to the city of Philippi during his second missionary journey, as reported by Luke in Acts chapter 16. Paul was accompanied by Silas, and their first encounter in Philippi was with some women who had come together at a place for prayer. It was on a Sabbath day, and Lydia, one of the women, heard Paul and Silas. She responded to the gospel and others with her, and this was the beginning of the church in Philippi. Another convert in Philippi was an unlikely prospect, a jailer. See, Paul and Silas were the objects of false accusations. They were placed in jail, and when a miraculous event caused the release of the prisoners, the jailer was so upset he attempted suicide but was counseled by Paul to remain alive. The jailer not only remained alive, he entered into a new life with God through Jesus Christ upon his obedience to the gospel. The jailer and his household responded to the gospel and, of course, became members of the local church in Philippi. Paul and Silas were officially released and departed from Philippi. Years later, after so much other work Paul did, 
he was being held by Roman officials. In Philippians chapter 1, he speaks of his imprisonment. And his faith wasn't imprisoned, nor his passion to evangelize, nor his devotion to edify Christians by writing this letter. He writes this letter to Christians in Philippi. He has not forgotten them. He loved them and wanted to encourage them and challenge them with the words that we now read in this New Testament book, Paul's letter to the Philippians. That's the background. We've selected four statements from this epistle that we will bring up and tie into throughout the year 2021. And we believe these statements are especially suitable for our attention at this time. I'm going to take up the first two of these statements in the morning session and the next two at the five o'clock. Let's begin by looking at this statement in chapter 1, verse 9. We are at Philippians 1, verse 9. Paul said, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. I want us to see Paul is telling these Christians not just that he prayed for them, but he's telling them the specific content of his prayers. He says, it is my prayer. His prayers for them included this valuable petition that their love would grow, would abound more and more, and be directed by knowledge and discernment. Uh, Isn't it true that everybody today talks about love? Everybody thinks they know what love is. Everybody seems to be an advocate for love. We just love love. Songs and poems are written. Movies take up the theme. Religious empires teach love. Advertising and marketing use the word to sell their products Even political campaigns adopt the word in their platforms. So, on the surface, it may seem like everybody knows all about love. It may seem everybody is united on this subject until you get to what it means. It is perceived by many to be so broad and relative, it can be defined just in any way. It is just something that is out there, but is so nebulous it can't really be described. Or the definitions reflect a person's self-interest or a group's agenda. Many might suggest that love is whatever you want it to be, with no absolute objective concept. So what is needed is a clear and authentic definition of love. Not just words, not just something written like a dictionary entry. Better than that, a living illustration of what love is. Well, we are so blessed, so fortunate to have that from God, the Creator. Do you have your Bible with you right now? It is highly recommended that when you listen to these recordings or watch these videos, you have your Bible open. You know, 
to fact check what I'm saying. I'm opening to Romans chapter 5. This is from God through the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. This is what love is, what love does, how love reacts. Romans 5, 6 through 8. Paul said, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, this doesn't identify the Greek word. It doesn't speak of etymology or anything like that. But what a powerful illustration of authentic love that tells us what it really is. Christ died for the ungodly. And in that act of sacrifice, God is telling us what love is in its supreme expression. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now back to Paul's prayer. Paul's prayer for the Philippians was that his brothers and sisters in Philippi might abound more and more in this love that was perfectly illustrated by Christ's suffering and death. Christ didn't just say, I love you in whatever way you want to define it. Christ didn't just say, I just have this good feeling about you. Christ acted for the relief the redemption of sinners by his suffering and death. Nothing ever done on earth says love more than the cross. It is sacrificial even toward those who are not deserving of such grace. As we enter 2021, let's get a fresh hold on this love that God himself illustrates. Let's get back to this fundamental. Let's love people we don't like. Let's be willing to express generosity and help and support, expecting no personal benefit or return. Is your Bible still open? 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, 17 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. John says God is love. 
Christ's death demonstrated that love. Now what admonition comes out of that? If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God defines love by his attitude and action toward those he created in his image. Make that personal. God's love for me should be so appreciated that I love him, I obey him, I follow Christ, I read what the Holy Spirit revealed. And I love you, and I accept love from you. I love my enemies, my neighbors. The sacrificial generosity of love is what drives me to care for my wife and my family and my brethren. Please observe, Paul doesn't identify just one part of love or one relationship. This is love he wanted them to abound in, in every direction, every relationship, except, of course, for loving sin. So in my love for God, love for Christ, love for the Word delivered by the Spirit, love for people, family, church, even enemies, that love is to continue abounding and growing and reaching more depth never coming to a place where you say, that's it, I'm done. So that's our challenge, our worthy goal for the new year, all year and every year after, that your love may abound more and more. I'm going to bring this up in sermons and classes this year to encourage us to abound more and more in the love that God has defined by his benevolent attitude toward us. In another sermon this year, I'll have more to say about love that is in keeping with knowledge and discernment. Here's the second goal we have derived from the Philippian letter that I want to talk about this morning. In chapter 2, verse 14, we will make this one of our goals, do all things without grumbling, are disputing. You know, I never see the word grumbling without remembering the generation of Israelites who came out of Egypt, delivered from bondage by God through Moses. And they got out, and as they were going through the wilderness repeatedly, they complained about their hardships and said they should never have left Egypt. The Bible describes them as children who were ungrateful and unfaithful and It is clear in that history that bickering and complaining became a habitual response when things were hard. What we learn is it is so offensive to God, he judged them for it severely. And you can read about that in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 10. Their mutterings, grievances, negative tone did not set well with the Lord. We all know it is clear to us as followers of Christ we should not be like that wilderness generation. We will incur the same judgment even if not in the same form. It is offensive to God for us to complain or murmur or gripe. It is not conduct that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. It is certainly not in harmony with Christ-like attitudes Paul described in his letters. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. 
I tell you, if we get to heaven, there will be no complaint department there. Don't even think about getting in line to protest or tell the Lord how hard your life was. There will be no such attitudes in heaven. There ought to be no such attitudes in our hearts here on earth among God's people. Now, can I bring this up, please? This statement about not murmuring and not complaining has a context. And the context is in Philippians chapter 2, where readers are called on to adopt the attitude of Christ. We are to imitate his humility, adopt his outlook, have this mind in you. I want you to listen to Philippians 2. I'm going to start at verse 1 and read down through verse 17. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Unselfish humility is perfectly illustrated in the attitude and life of Jesus Christ. And we are to be his followers in this respect. Have this 
mind in you. So refusing the habit of murmuring and complaining is a goal set by the Holy Spirit here in Philippians. Let's take that up this year. Remember it. Do better about it. Many of you, like me, have a presence on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and some of the more recent platforms. I hope our time is not wasted or lost when we visit these places, when we interact. Social media can be used for good, as we hope we're doing now. But perhaps you have noticed during the year 2020 and the various kinds of current events, opinions, and comments, we've noticed Facebook almost turning into a complaint department, sometimes accompanied by or mixed into some angry, suspicious, pushing hostility, sharing rage. What is understandable is there are some bad things going on, more than a whiff of censorship and persecution in the air. It is important to point out error and highlight dangerous trends, but some of what we've seen is just undisciplined. Reckless anger and ranting, often from people we expect to present better attitudes and more sensible responses. So, as we enter the new year, it will be good for every one of us to handle our attitudes in a better way. Speak the truth in love, Paul said. Don't back down from truth and legitimate concerns, but in all of that, be imitators of Christ. Have His mind in you unselfish humility. And to this I would add, Philippians 4 and verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to all men. So let's welcome the new year with love as God has defined it. And as we increase in that love, abound in that love, avoid murmuring and complaining. Worthy goals for those of us who identify with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. Indeed, worthy goals for all who listen to these live broadcasts or who listen to the recordings throughout the year. I'll remind us and remind myself and help family and friends aspire to these high standards set by God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for sharing these videos and recordings and thereby engaged in the work of evangelism and edification, teaching and preaching from the text of Scripture. Thank you for listening. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas.